This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. The view is insane. You get to the top and you kind of climb over this rock and it opens up and you're looking through the entire canyon of Zion. And it looks like something out of the Lion King, like as far as your eye can see type, type five. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. Today, we are talking about one of the most dangerous hikes in the world, hiking Angels Landing in Zion National Park. Now, we do have another Zion episode on Experiences You Should Have, where we talk about hiking the Narrows, but this is a completely different hike. Let me tell you. Well, actually, let Trent Juan tell you. Now, Trent Juan is an entrepreneur, designer, outdoor enthusiast. And in 2020, Trent founded Bucket. Um, It is a bucket list app. Definitely go check it out. It's free. Trent talks to us about the app on the show. So definitely listen to the full interview. If you love experiences, which I believe you do if you're listening to this podcast, um, this podcast can help you achieve those bucket list experiences. Um, But check out this app. This is a way where you can create storybooks, check things off your list, and actually write down those goals. Um, If you talk to anybody who is really into goal making, they will all tell you to write your goals down and make sure they're smart, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time bound. And by by writing them down using the Bucket app, as well as really finding out everything you need to know to go do that thing, before you know it, you're going to be doing that thing. You might be hiking to Angels Landing in Zion, or you might be swimming with great white sharks, or you might be surrounded by schooling hammerheads in the Galapagos. We've got episodes for that, guys. But you can use the app and the podcast to make amazing, cool experiences happen around the world. We are all about creating those magical moments, those experiences that you will never forget. This is what it's about. Well, let's get on with the interview and let's go talk about hiking Angels Landing in Zion. Okay, we are here with Trent Juan, and we are talking about hiking Angels Landing in Zion National Park. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk a little bit more about this experience. Yeah, so uh, for our listeners, um, hiking Angels Landing is is a world-renowned hike. It's, it lives in Zion National Park. It makes almost every 
bucket list hiking article that I've seen. And you know, I have not done it, um, but it's actually, it's one of the most dangerous hikes in the world. Can you just paint the the picture for our listeners and and take our listeners for a hike in uh, to Angel's Landing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think to help paint the picture, a little bit of backstory is that this hike was initially not the planned hike. The planned hike was the Narrows in Zion, which is, if you look up the Narrows, it's this beautiful hike through this deep canyon, kind of treading through water. And that's been on my bucket list for a long time. And so that's I an act- episode on experiences that you should have it? podcast. Oh, check it I out. Need to, yeah. I need to listen to that. More importantly, what you'll hear in this story is I need to have my friends listen to that so that they want to go on that hike because the plan was for that to be the hike. But the night before, look what happened. One of my friends decided to get Google happy and found that one of the most dangerous hikes is in Zion and it's called Angel's Landing. And so my mind was all set on the narrows. Um, but my friend and then subsequently all of my other friends shifted the night before and they were like, you got to check out this hike. And so the first thing you, you see when you, when you Google angels landing is a chain rope that runs along the ridge of basically this 300 foot cliff on either side up to the top. So I was like, huh, that looks like a different pace than the initial planned hike, but At the same time, I mean, there is definitely some attraction to hiking one of the most dangerous hikes in the world. And so we were pretty set on it. Um, And so we were already in Zion at the time. And the next day we got our shuttle to take us to the base of Angel's Landing and started hiking this really incredible, incredible hike. It's very well maintained. So it's not like you're just, you know, hiking up the side of a cliff, uh, attaching chains to, to links and rope climbing up this. It's very well maintained, but um definitely up (laughs) it's definitely up it's definitely a burner um and there's a lot of people on it too uh so you're you're surrounded by other people other thrill seekers who are out there doing the same thing which makes it nice it makes it feel a little bit safer knowing that all these other people are there but um yeah it's just it's a incredible hike and to to paint some more uh to paint some more scenery on it as well i know you want that i know you want to dive deep into the kind of the image of this when you first get started on the hike, you're thinking, this isn't all that bad. I've seen the YouTube videos. This isn't, you know, you're, you're hiking along this kind of river and it kind of cuts back and forth up through these trees. And you have this beautiful, it almost looks like a painting in front of you of what you're going to hike. Um, and then you just start to see that painting get closer and closer. And then you're on the, the part of the mountain that you saw down below. And it kind of cuts back into the canyon a little bit and you hike up the backside of it. And there's a part in this hike where basically everyone gathers around and it is like, I would say the intermission, it's like the halftime show. It's right before it gets to all the Google images that you saw. And for listeners who maybe are scared of heights, cause I am, um, this is actually a really cool spot to hang out and go to, even if you don't want to do the scary part. So anyone should do this hike because it's very doable. And um, there's a place to, to get a really good view before you get to the scary stuff. Um, but after that is when the real extreme stuff happens. Um, and we can dive into that if you have questions about that specifically. Ooh, so tell me more about the extreme part of the hike. Yeah, figured that's where we would go next. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the extreme part of the hike is it starts with a chain rope. So you see that there's this, the chain, the infamous chain rope 
um, and a, essentially a line of people. So we went in November and it was, or actually the end of October and it was pretty busy. So I definitely suggest, honest suggestion here that you try to go maybe a little bit of an off season. I know midsummer gets really busy there too, but it's essentially a single file line along the ridge of this cliff and you're holding on to a chain rope for the majority of it. And what's scary isn't necessarily the hike itself. I would say the scariest part is when you run into the single file line coming down because there has to be a little bit of a handoff between who gets the rope at that time. And so that's where I saw people get a little bit scared because you're kind of crammed, you're jammed up and you're standing on this maybe eight foot to 10 foot wide ridge. Um, and so that I would say is one of the most extreme components of it is the amount of people that are on it. So if you can go at a downtime, that definitely helps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I'm very curious because I feel like we are in a very different culture today than we were even 10 years ago or 15, 20 years ago, where I feel like it's a very much a selfie culture of, of look at me doing this thing. So did you see that people were holding on to this rope, trying to take selfies or being in, I don't know, maybe putting other people in danger during these moments? It's a really, really good question. And it was actually something that we observed and noticed was that throughout the hike, there was a ton of selfie sticks, people taking photos, any opportunity they could. But when something's extreme like that, when something's scary, taking a photo or a selfie isn't really on your mind. You're kind of thinking, hmm, that's a really steep cliff. I shouldn't fall off that. So I noticed that on the most extreme part of the hike, it was less selfie filled because people were focused on what they were doing. And to be honest, I guess this is more of a kind of a blanketed statement about fear. It did force you to be pretty present. You're not really thinking about the angle that you're going to get the photo. You're thinking about what's right there in front of you and you're taking your time to take it all in and understand that you're, you know, doing something pretty, pretty cool, pretty extreme. Um, but once you get to the top and it opens up, yeah, a lot of selfies um, and a lot of people wanting to show the world that they're there. Right, right. What would you say is the biggest moment that just sticks out in your brain uh, with this hike? Well, I think the biggest moment for me is getting to the top, um, primarily just because you watch all these videos. And I think anytime something is dangerous, it, people really like to talk about that it's dangerous. I mean, even the way that this was intro, you know, it's, it's one of the most dangerous hikes in the world. Like, right. It's a cool thing. It's, it's really cool to talk about. But at the same time, it also gives this thing in your head where you're like, am I going to be able to do it? Not in the sense of like, am I going to fall? But more like, am I going to be able to commit and, and actually go and do this thing? Especially me being scared of, of heights. Like, I was just hoping that I didn't back out. And so I think getting to the top was met with a couple of things. First off, the view is insane. You get to the top and you kind of climb over this rock and it opens up and you're looking through the entire canyon of Zion. And it looks like something out of the Lion King, like as far as your eye can see type, type five. Um, but the second thing that hits you is that you did it. Um, and all those Google images that, I mean, you still have to get back down, but all the Google images that you saw, all the YouTube videos, all the most dangerous hike, all the stats, is, is met with this realization that you are someone who did it. And it's really cool to be able to kind of put that in your pocket and say, I had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so really 
someone should do this hike if if they want to set a goal and complete it or or maybe know that they can do something dangerous and accomplish it and and maybe it can affect other areas of their life absolutely yeah i think so but when you see that angel's landing i think on on some of the lists it's the most eighth most dangerous that means that there's about seven other hikes that you would need to challenge yourself on but theoretically the rest are good to go like <laughs> pretty much every hike in the world like you're good to go now so it unlocks a bit of confidence in the sense that after this hike i definitely wanted to um not only go on more because it was the first hike i had really been on in a while but also push myself a little bit more with hiking it's not just walking like it's not just like walking up a hill and back down it's it can be this um, kind of mentally challenging thing too. So I definitely suggest it for people who maybe want to push themselves out of their comfort zone, um, but do so in the most beautiful way possible. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Well, let's break down some logistics. Uh, let's do it. All right, exactly where is this hike and how do you get there? Yeah, so how you get there, uh, it's in Zion Canyon. And Zion, um, I think at the time we went during COVID, they have a pretty good shuttle system set up if you plan ahead and make sure that you get your pass. Um, so I believe, to be super specific, I believe this is stop six for the shuttle. Um, but you'll see that all of the trailheads are really kind of attached to this one route and they drop you off at the different stops. It's almost like ski lifts. Um, and so they drop you off a different one and there's a couple trails that branch out from there. Um, so how I would get there though, is if you're just going for the day, uh, there's a ton of parking in the park itself down in the canyon. You get that parking and the shuttle will actually pick you up in the general parking area. Um, but if you're going for a few days, I know we'll talk about the campsite um, probably in a little bit. Um, you just drive in for the day get that parking pass and then take the shuttle to where you need to go. But that shuttle is set up well because it takes you to really all the trailheads you need. And Angel's Landing is one of those. And where's the closest airport to Zion? You know, I don't know. I'm a big road trip fan. Okay. So anytime that there's anything on the West Coast uh, or the West side of the United States, I'm going to try to drive there if I can. And that was the same for this. So are you looking it up? Yeah. So uh, uh, Las Vegas. Um and then Salt Lake City is even even further. Uh, so Las Vegas, guys, you know, check check it out. Um, so when so you buy your, your ticket. So what time of year are you buying that plane ticket for? You mentioned the off season to avoid some of the crowds. What would you really classify as a good time to do this hike? So I've been to Zion now three times in my life, two of which were kind of midsummer, mm -hmm. um, very busy. Mm -hmm. This one was my favorite time. If I were to suggest a time going in the fall, um, the trail, Angels Landing specifically, and Zion can get snow. So I would probably suggest to not add any other factors into the mix. You go before the snow gets there. Um, so I would suggest that people go in October. Um, and... Uh, I think that that or maybe spring would probably be a really beautiful time to experience Zion. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, so really, how long is the hike and, and what type of elevation gain do you have on the hike? 
Well, I don't know the specific elevation gain other than I know that it was a, quite a bit. You could definitely feel it in your lungs. So there was that much of an elevation gain. <laughs> the hike in distance is 4.8 total. So it's 2.4 in and 2.4 out. Okay. Um, but again, that's up. <laughs> that's up and down. So 2.4 definitely feels like a little bit more on, on the glutes and on the hammies. Um, but I think in total, it took us around four hours to do the hike. And that was with not, um, you know, an aggressive pace, pretty leisurely and making sure that we stopped and took things in and, and had lunch at the top and things like that. So you can do this in the morning, which I would also suggest for temperature and then get something else in the day, maybe a little bit more relaxing. Okay. Perfect. Now, what about a special permit to, to do this hike? I know that Zion has permits for some hikes. For us, we didn't need a permit. The kind of quote unquote permit that we needed was that bus shuttle. So again, we went during COVID and the only way you could access these trailheads besides walking in, which would have been a really long walk, was the shuttle um, or renting bikes. So getting a shuttle pass and making sure you do that ahead because they can be hard to get, I would suggest one to two months. So if you know you're going, just get on it and reserve the time. Um, that was really the only type of quote unquote permit that we needed for the hike. Mm-hmm. Now, did you see any young kids or um, maybe people with balance problems uh, doing this hike? I saw a baby strapped to um, a dad's back as he was hiking up this steep, steep incline. Now, wow. Yeah, that was, we, we gave him knuckles. We were like, that is so impressive because we were sitting there whining and he was carrying another human on his back. But like I said, there's that intermission. Um, there's that halfway mark before the really extreme stuff that could be a famous hike in and of itself. Um, You get this really cool kind of 180 view of the canyon and everything. So I did see children and that was kind of the place where they stopped. There were a couple of children that wanted to start on the extreme stuff, but were definitely having, you know, some tantrums and kind of freaking out and they would have to U-turn. So Mm -hmm. kids can go, but obviously at their own comfort level and that halfway spot's a nice place to take people. Okay. Got it. That's uh, some really good advice. Um, Now, you you mentioned there's some scrambling. You've got ropes. You've got chains. I, I take it you're not wearing your flip flops on this hike. Uh, what what were you wearing, and and what did you pack in your bag? So I underpack. It's I'm kind of infamous for it. I wore Converse on this hike and regular shorts and a regular t-shirt um, with a hat and a backpack. I didn't have too many issues, but I would say that next time I would give myself the option of maybe some running shoes, um, some hiking shoes, you know, like you deserve it. Like you're going on a hike, so you might as well. But the trail is, and I have to give Zion some credit here, like the National Park Service, so well-maintained. It's paved um, for the whole first part of it. It's like, it almost looks like a golf cart trail for, for parts of it, a golf cart path. Um, so, you know, you're not dealing with really any rough, rough terrain until you get to that extreme stuff. And even Mm -hmm. that is kind of bigger sized boulders and things like that. So don't wear flip-flops, don't go barefoot, don't wear Crocs, (laughs) but any sort of closed toe shoes will get you up this mountain. Okay. Now there's many people who hike with hiking poles, uh, but then you're talking about holding on to this rope. Um, can you bring hiking poles or do you just collapse them down and put them in your pack? Yeah, I think you can collapse them down and put in your pack. Um, It would probably help for the steep incline stuff to have. 
Um, but it would definitely need to be put away because when you do get on that super narrow spot at the top, if you're holding a pole, you're only going to make that probably more dangerous for other people. So Mm -hmm. definitely want one that would collapse and be able to put away for that tight and narrow area. Okay. And, and did you bring like a hydration pack or a lot of water with you? Not enough water. I brought my hydro flask. Um, and I had that, but this is like a, a very strenuous hike and it's also tends to be pretty hot in Zion. So bring water and bring more of it than you probably think it will just make the hike that much more enjoyable and snacks. Definitely bring (laughs) snacks. I I, I know I wanted to mention that if there's one thing I would suggest, it's that you bring, uh, you bring food or a picnic because you're dealing with one of the most, probably the best picnic place in the world at the top. And to be able to sit there, like we sat there and ate sandwiches and, Pringles and just like kind of took it all in and had a nice lunch. And I suggest that others do that as well. You deserve it at the end of that hike. I love it. A picnic after doing the one of the most dangerous hikes in the world, looking down on precipitous cliffs in Zion. Yeah, you got to celebrate it somehow. <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic day. Uh, my gosh. Now, what about where to stay? Do you have recommendations on where to stay or a good camping spot? I do. I do. Yeah. So uh, the first time I went to Zion, I was on a road trip with my dad and my grandma and it was super late at night. And we literally just pulled off on this dirt road and set up for the night. When we woke up, we looked around and it was this really cool open space on free public land that ended up being a campsite. So we just got lucky. But since then, that has been the place that I go back to. Um, and it's a five minute drive, maybe a 10 minute drive from um, from where these trailheads are, where the shuttles are. It's called Leverkin Overlook Road, um, but it's just off of the nine. And there's other campers there. It's free. Um, you can stay there for as long as you want. And it's just a really good home base for anything you want to do in Zion. Perfect. Um, So van lifers can park there, tent campers. Yeah, perfect for van lifers. We did do some tent camping. You might have to kick some rocks to clear some space and make sure that you're not sleeping on anything too uncomfortable. But um, no, it's it's perfect for for all types of campers. Yeah, great. Uh, Do you have any additional tips or or other places to see in Zion after doing this hike? Yeah, well, I'd say the one thing that maybe I wish I had set up when I went is just a couple more days. I still really want to hike the Narrows. I'm going to listen to the podcast episode where they talk about that and definitely do some convincing to get my friends to get out there. Um, But this hike is four hours. So if you do this at eight in the morning, you're done by noon. Um, checking out the river that runs through the canyon. That's what we did afterwards. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of other just kind of more mellow hikes, swimming pools and things like that. But just exploring Zion Canyon because it's big and um, there's a lot of really incredible things. Um, just setting up maybe a couple days. There's, there's a lot of cool stuff. If you do set up a couple days, I have to hike more of the hikes there, but I would suggest that maybe you set this up uh, on the last day because my legs the next day were still trembling. <laughs> so uh, giving yourself some time to recover, but uh, yeah, I, I'll also, I'll try to send it to you. I'm trying to remember where it is, but there's a really cool swimming hole that's tucked by. When you drive down into Zion, which I suggest if you're approaching it, there's uh, the 89 side and the nine side. 
which sounds kind of confusing, but there's one side that you drive to these tunnels and drop into the canyon from rather than climb up it. And the views on that, it looks like you're in Cars Land. It's incredible. And it, it, it trails down and you get a look over the whole canyon and you can actually pull around the side and there's some really cool swimming holes that way too. So uh, just a lot to explore. And I suggest that people take the time and reserve the time to be able to do so while they're there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And I just want to circle back to the hike real quick. You mentioned the intermission part of the hike mm-hmm. where um, there was a paved part of that hike for the first part. Was that first part wheelchair friendly? You know, I it looked like it could be. Um, and maybe maybe it is. There weren't any stairs that we had to deal with in the yeah. first part. Yeah. So it was mostly just traversing um, and, and ramps. So it definitely could be uh, wheelchair okay. friendly. Now, the backside... I think there were a couple steps when it started to get super steep. So uh-huh. I don't know where that that would actually end and if the intermission spot would be that place. Okay, I'm going to look this up and include it on the show notes on experiences that you should have.com. Sweet. Great. Great. I like to address accessibility and and find really cool fun adventures that that everybody could potentially do. I like so, that. Yeah, absolutely. Any anything else you would share or a next stop on the road trip after leaving Zion? Well, I'll share a bit of a funny story, uh, which Shoot. also doubles as a tip. So at the like I said in the beginning of this hike, you're kind of going along this river. Um, at the end of the hike, you're also going along that river because you go back down the same way. And at the end of a four-hour hike, hot heat, um, the river looks really good. And so without pretty much any hesitation on the way back down, um, we went to go dip in the river real quick. Um, and my friends just put, put their feet in, but I was like, are you kidding? Like a beautiful river running through, like I'm getting my head wet. So I just dunked my head in and kind of, you know, cooled off in the river. Um, and then moved on with the day, right? We start walking back to where the shuttles are. Oh, what's that? It's a really big yellow sign. And it just says, do not go in water contaminated we like deadly could be deadly like don't dip your head in if you dip your head in get to the er all this scary stuff and i was like whoa whoa didn't see that so i had to ask the ranger i was like hey i just dipped my head in the water like my bad am i going to be okay and uh, they had a fountain that i had to cool off on so i don't know if that water is still contaminated it's going to look really good but to all the listeners out there i just suggest that you don't dip your head in because you will be met with a sign afterwards that says hey you might um might die from that so (laughs) yeah listeners don't die from this okay don't die from this after after doing the most dangerous hike in the world and being completely okay and really feeling accomplished to then be met with that's how i would you know that's the thing that would do it is the river (laughs) dunking the head it's like come on trent that's not it (laughs) that's pretty funny i'm really glad you didn't die from that good job me me too thank you yeah yeah (laughs) success um, but you also asked about the next stop after Zion. And yeah. I, so for this trip specifically, it was a one and done. We actually weekend warriored this. We left Friday after work and got there at like 3 a.m., woke up the next morning, did it, got back, slept Saturday, and then left Sunday. So it was wow. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it was super quick. But um, in the past, when I've gone to Zion, there's so much 
beauty in Utah. Um, Bryce Canyon is another one that mm-hmm. I went to when I was younger and that has some incredible hikes and, um, and Duck Creek is in Utah too. That's a beautiful place, but um, it's just, you're kind of in a bit of an epicenter to go different directions. If you're a road tripper from there, or um, just want to explore other areas of Utah or going to Nevada or, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to do and a lot to go from, from Zion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, guys, I will put some tips and maybe some road trip ideas uh, into the show notes. So definitely check that out again on experiences that you should have.com. Uh, well, Trent, anything else you want to share before we go? No, I don't think so. I just really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on. And uh, it was great to talk a little bit more about the experience, reflect a little bit more on it. And um, to everyone listening, just definitely suggest you try it out and, uh, and don't be scared to push yourself out of your comfort zone on this hike. It's a fun one. Beautiful. All right. And actually, I'd I'd like just to touch on one more thing before we go. Uh, Do you want to tell our listeners about your app? Yes, I would love to. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, This is actually very in line with your podcast. But uh, at the onset of the COVID pandemic, me and three friends from college set out to make um, our dream of a bucket list social media app. So for all of you listeners, if you think about something that's on your bucket list, Uh, Think about that thing and then how many people you know also have that on their list or maybe have done it and could help you or give you advice. And so we set out to make a way to socialize bucket lists and to bring them uh, up front and talk about them more and and hopefully allow strangers to help strangers or your friends to help you. And and so we've been doing this for about a year now and we're live on the App Store. If you want to check it out, um, you can go to thebucketapp.com slash download. Or check us out on Instagram. You can kind of follow our journey on that. That's at the Bucket App. Um, but yeah, I've been doing it for about a year now, and uh, we have some users. We're growing, and it's just been really exciting and cool to see what is on the world's bucket list. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And is there a charge for this app? It is a completely free app to use. Look at that, free guys, free. <laughs> <laughs> love that word yes the our podcast is free the your bucket app is free we are both here to help you achieve those goals in life those bucket list experiences and make new realities happen absolutely yeah and the other thing too i'll note is that like bucket lists are are typically seen as these big things you know it's like skydive in dubai or you know even hike angels landing could be example but we're really trying to celebrate the fact that a bucket list isn't necessarily just big things it could be that hike in your backyard that you just haven't gotten to yet that restaurant that you want to try um, bucket lists are for everyone and it's been so cool to see the diverse um, different things that have been put on this app that people want to do so uh, just, to, just something to note there all right And if you just happen to know a lot about bucket list experiences, could you just sign on to the app and help give advice to other people? Absolutely, you can. Yeah, you're able to comment on other posts. And um, we're actually releasing a second version here in two weeks. So Mm -hmm. in the middle of July, um, close to the end of July, we'll be launching our second version. And that is really built to help strangers meet new people and to help other people so on there you'll actually be able to raise your hand and say hey i can help you with this or hey i can give you advice so for me if i were looking and someone had hike angels landing i would comment and send the link to this podcast or you know tell them something that 
that I had on my experience. So yes, a great place to go if, if you know a lot and want to help others. Yeah. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, I will be looking for for what people have on their list and I'll, I'll work to contribute on there. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. And our listeners here are experience seekers because you are listening to experiences you should have. And I encourage you to go download the app and contribute and maybe post some of your own bucket list ideas and then maybe come on the show and talk about it. Awesome. That would be cool. Awesome. Full circle. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Well, we are going to help people have amazing experiences in the world. And those people can then help more people. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's it's what the world's for. Yep. Love Uh, it. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us today, Trent. Thank you so much for having me, Gail. It was a pleasure. This was super fun. All right. Wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have podcast. Uh, definitely go check out the show notes on experiencesyoushouldhave.com. Um, and please go download the Bucket app. It's free. This is a great tool for you to use to check off those amazing items that are on your bucket list and then also help you really define What is it? What is that thing that you want to go do? And go do it and then come back on the podcast and talk about it. I want to hear your stories and how you made that really cool idea become a reality. And if you loved this podcast and you're listening on an Apple device, click on that purple podcast button and please kindly leave a five star review and uh, this is an indie podcast we are not supported by um npr or wnyc this is uh you have found a unique independent podcast and a great way for you to support this podcast is by sharing this episode uh, i've got to say social media is not my strong point But if you love social media, please get on there, share it, talk to people, talk to strangers, guys, Um, share this with a stranger, help others achieve their dreams and, and share the bucket app, share the bucket app, share the podcast. All right, and go back and listen to The Narrows. Um, that's, a, that's a fun episode with Lynn, um, who, who hiked The Narrows in Zion. If you do have Zion on the list, definitely recommend checking that out. Thanks for listening, and until our next adventure. Yeah, so I feel like we're we're both in a prime spot for people to start achieving those dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, where where I feel like people got to take time to reflect and and spending time in, in quarantine or at home more, or not traveling, they they thought about where they are in life, and I think that's why a lot of people have quit their jobs recently. You know, how more people are becoming entrepreneurs or changing, changing jobs. I think now more people are going to think about their bucket list goals and where they want to go. And that's how 
um, your app and my podcast can help them figure out how to do it. Totally. Yeah, I know. I think, I think the pandemic, well, for me, for sure, it, it made me realize that the quote unquote secure route is never really that secure. So you might as well, I mean, I think Jim Carrey says it in a graduation speech one time that you can fail at something you don't like, so you might as well do what you like. Um, and I feel like that's kind of the people realize like, I don't know, life's short and you got to go out and do it. So yeah, I think both of us are doing something that can hopefully help to further inspire people, but also help them actually do it, which is why I know kind of transitioning into the podcast, I really like that you focus on one experience and dive deep. I think that's something with our app that like we want to try to do and we're trying to figure out how to translate that into design or an interface of, of like really like, you know, I think it's easy to just think about all these things, but really think about one and like, how can you help others accomplish that? So I was excited to hear when you said like, let's choose one thing and just dive deep, 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 deep into that one thing um, right. to get all the information that you can. So if you listen to this one podcast, you go hike Angels Landing, you know exactly what to do. Exactly. And I love smart goals and as mm. is specific, what is that specific thing you want to do? What is that specific goal and how how do you go do it i mean my favorite thing to do is just buy a plane ticket and then then you know it's it's happening like this is on the calendar this we are doing this and i have the experience in my head it forces you and, to start planning once you buy the ticket for sure once you have some skin in the game i need to be better at doing that i need to be better at just buying a ticket and figuring out later right? uh, yeah i think that that's probably the best route to go because once you have it you're committed <laughs> you just created that commitment for yourself and if you don't plan right. this stuff, you're not going to really know what to do when you get there. So you might as well. Right. Go with the goal in mind of what's that really cool thing I want to do. Okay. I know the best time to do it. I'm, okay. I'm buying the plane ticket. Let's, let's do this. You know? Yeah. 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 I love that. 